0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fire to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story Podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like My First Million. My First Million is hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. They feature famous guests. They discuss how companies made their first million and then some. They brainstorm new business ideas based on the hottest trends and opportunities in the marketplace. Here are some of the topics they talk about. If you like any of these, you will love the show. Three profitable business ideas that you should start in 2022. Drunk business ideas that could make you millions asking the founder of Grammarly how he built a $13 billion company or SaaS companies that anybody can start. If these topics are up your alley, go check out My First Million, listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today my guest is Luke Lintz. He is the founder and CEO of High Key Enterprises. He's a serial entrepreneur. He stepped out of an economics class at 16 to start his first e-commerce business. 90 days later, he sold his entire inventory at a 375% ROI. He'll walk you through exactly what he did, and he'll also walk you through some of the lessons that he learned and some of the things that didn't go so well when he first got into dropshipping and entrepreneurship. Now he's built high-key enterprises from the ground up. What they focus on is they focus on helping people build their personal brand, also helping businesses build their personal brand online. Some of the strategies... That he's used for his clients, he's used on himself, which is what's so incredible because how many people talk about being a great social media agency or a personal brand building agency or whatnot, and they can't even do it for their own accounts. But he's a massive following, over 1 million on his own social media accounts. He's worked with and partnered with some of the largest celebrities in the world, including 21 Savage, Cardi B, 6 9 um, What do we go into? Okay, so we spoke about his origin story, going into drop shipping very early on, some of the wins and the losses and the highs and the lows uh, that he learned getting into entrepreneurship at a very, very young age. Uh, We spoke about building a digital agency from the ground up, how he differentiates high-key because the space in digital agency is so noisy. There's a million and one digital agencies that you're competing with if you try and start one. Uh, We spoke about personal brand, how he built his personal brand, how he builds brands for businesses and for clients without spending money on ads. We spoke about the three key elements of personal brand, We spoke about niching down at the beginning of your business journey and the importance of niching down. We spoke about how to get press publications. We spoke about the importance of money, connections, relationships, and how that all ties in to your personal branding, press uh, strategy. We spoke about the win-win-win formula tied to social media giveaways and some of the celebrities and influencers that he works with. We spoke about his foray into crypto decentralized social media or DSO and how he's bringing Web3 into a traditional marketing environment to create an incredible community. And then lastly, we spoke about some of the lessons that he's learned building a business, which are just great entrepreneurial lessons, but also he's done it with his two brothers. And that adds a whole other level of complexity. Um, So he spoke about building the business with his brothers and some of the positives and negatives that you get when you build business with family. So let's jump right into it. This is Luke Lintz. He is the founder and CEO of High Key Enterprises.
0: Born and raised in Winnipeg, twenty years there. Okay, all
1: right. So, okay, Canadian boy from Winnipeg. Um, when did you? Okay, so what's the first version? Because right now you do a lot of stuff. You're throwing a party last Friday. You started uh, an NFT project. Um, you've been you built your own. So I don't I don't want to call it marketing agency. I don't know what you actually call what you do. It's an agency of some sort. You're doing stuff, but what did you start with? Like, how did you get into building your own business? How did you get into working with your brothers? All that.
0: Yeah. So I was in I was in grade ten at high school. Okay. And I started with an e-commerce company okay. uh, called High Key Technology. And so we sold a wireless earbuds before any other wireless earbud company. AirPods weren't out, Samsung Galaxy Gear Icon, none of them. We basically like thought of the idea of wireless earbuds because we were gym bros and we were yeah. like, damn, we hate when the cords get ripped out. <laughs> and so like we had that problem and so we were finding the solution. So we found, found wireless earbuds on uh, Alibaba, only one pair of wireless earbuds at the time. Purchased them, uh, did a bulk order, figured out a name, high key, uh, slapped our logo on a bulk order of like 100 of them, and then just started selling them through Instagram, through like different types of content, like marketing. We had no idea what we were doing. I was in grade 10 of high school. My brother was in his first year of university, my older brother, first year of university in business. And so we had no idea what we were doing. We were just testing different stuff. It just like we got really lucky because we had a winning product just right off the bat. And we struck gold and we we made $60,000 in sales in the first like uh four months over no idea what you're doing no idea yeah sixty thousand (laughs) dollars and like we were doing Shopify uh, shit like Shopify straight shot built a Shopify store with just wireless earbuds on them and and it like it kind of hit and so we were like wow we could we could run this up and so we just kept doing more marketing kept testing what what was working we were doing mainly like Instagram meme pages so we were we were making content of ourselves with like product placing the earbuds in it and then making and then posting that content on meme pages like instagram pages with like million plus followers and then we got to a point where we we ran up the the business to uh seven figures in sales uh, with knowing nothing (laughs) and so and was it just did you hire out or
1: was this just like you and your brothers and you're just managing this drop shipping store you found some meme accounts you're throwing stuff up on there and you're selling so seven figures a lot of volume For like not having anybody, yeah. right? Just pure drop shipping. So that must have been like customer service headaches sometimes and shit like that. Yeah, it,
0: it was it was myself, my older brother, and then one other business partner that we had at the time. And uh, one, our other business partner handled all the customer service. So all the emails and stuff I handled, I taught myself video editing and graphic design. So I used Adobe Photoshop, Adobe Premiere, edited all the content. Cause we were like our entire source of income was through content marketing only thing. We didn't run any direct advertising. It was like just through content on Instagram. We grew to seven figures, just content on Instagram back in 2016, 2017. Yeah. And then, uh, oh my god dude we made some crazy mistakes with that business like wild mistakes like so okay so why did you why did you kill that business yeah <laughs> it's like
1: it, okay because everyone who's listening is like oh that's going great like these like these like kids okay. kind of got a little lucky probably a little less lucky over time because you start to figure shit out and you yeah. start to learn and whatnot so at some point i'm sure you figured out like what content resonates how to run a proper store like you, you know how to scale it now scaled seven figures congratulations that's a lot more than what
0: I was doing <laughs> in high school, um, so why did you kill it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were doing really good. We brought on consulting, like we started bringing on like really good people in the industry at Facebook Ads, and they were consulting us about how to create a better website and everything. And everything was scaling up, but then we made a major error where we had wireless earbuds that was making seven figures in revenue. Unbelievable product and it was because it was winning because it was before Apple AirPods, Samsung Galaxy, like, and everybody wanted wireless earbuds. And so we didn't really draw that correlation because now we were hitting a time where Apple AirPods just came out. And huge buzz went around that in the entire wireless earbuds game and brought traction away from us. So there was that component of things. And then there was also the component of things where we were always long-term thinkers. And so we were thinking of, this could be a very long-term brand, but we need to branch out just from wireless earbuds. So people Smart. don't see us yeah. as just a wireless earbuds brand. They diversify. Exactly. And then, so we created a few other products. We created a, a really cool portable speaker that was so dope. The quality was off the chart charts. charts and we paid like, it was like wholesale us buying in bulk 40 dollars per you're still speaker. doing drop shipping at this point you're getting... not not doing drop shipping anymore and we'll get okay. and we'll get into that and then so so we we ordered uh we bulk ordered backpacks charging backpacks that we completely designed i fully designed them like i i taught myself design work and how I communicate with the suppliers design we went through seven prototypes and we brought it to a charging backpack and this thing was sick like i loved wrapping it and we have these backpacks to this day and uh, we basically were so involved in this backpack and so committed to it because of how much time we spent to it. We didn't do any product market research. So we didn't like test the product at all in the marketplace. <laughs> how much before... money did you spend on it? <laughs> dude, dude. We... So... I'm, I I see where this is going and it's like it sounds like it's, it was a fucking nightmare. I've explained this story so many times and like it hurts me every single time because like if we just had a business mentor at the time and we asked them like one simple question, like if we asked them one simple question, it would have all been avoided. Yeah. But we didn't have anybody at the time. And so uh, what, what it was is basically... We were coming up on Christmas time, which was our biggest year. We would make biggest time of the year. We would make 60% of our entire yearly sales in black Friday to cyber Monday. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were coming up on Christmas time and we were like, listen, we need to make sure we have enough inventory so that we don't sell out. And so is was our greedy mind talking, being like, we don't want to sell out so we can maximize our sales. When in reality, looking back, we should have just sold out and it would have been sick. It would have created more demand. And so, I, I I was doing calculations like kind of like out of nowhere like a thin air because I had no, no business like knowledge in terms of like doing doing like research estimating how much we would need in terms of like at that specific time and so we bought two thousand backpacks because like that was the minimum order quantity they gave us because it was like a prototype and we took a loan for it because our cash flow wasn't at, at there at, at the time yeah. and so we took a loan from our dad actually. And, uh, dude, it was really bad. It was really bad. We went into Christmas time, sold only 100 backpacks, which was, like, still pretty good, like 100 backpacks. Being it would have been good if you didn't have 2,000. <laughs> it would have been good yeah. if we didn't have 2,000. And then it just kept downward spiraling into more errors. Basically, we bought the two thousand backpacks. We didn't account for freight in shipping, which is mm-hmm. the shipping from China, bulk yeah. inventory of two thousand to the US, turned out to be like fifty thousand dollars of shipping costs. Didn't account for freight out shipping, which mm-hmm. is shipping from the US to each individual customer, which was like twenty dollars per backpack. Yeah. We we've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on that one that one backpack mistake. And yeah.
1: But most people, okay, say,
0: yes, so that, I, <laughs> that sucks.
1: I think that, yeah, of course, a business mentor or somebody who would have sort of pointed you in the right direction. Like, there's like 20 red flags that even if you were just telling me this story before you did it, I'd be like, well, check this, check this, and check that. But, okay, so that's fine. But you still, now you're in the hole, but you still had a winning formula. So it's not like the first ecom, the first iteration of your e com store didn't work. Like, it was working. So why didn't you go back to that model? Like, how did you deal with this? Hundred plus thousand dollars in debt.
0: Yeah. So it's amazing that you brought that up because it was the aspect of us having a winning model. And so basically, uh, after us being in debt, and, uh, and looking like basically like outside and being like, how do we get out of the hole here? What it was is that we weren't necessarily good at drop shipping. We weren't necessarily good at like selling products, but what we knew we were for sure good at is bringing in revenue and building a brand because like that's how all of our sales came in was through content marketing, building a brand on Instagram, building a brand on social media and then marketing. And so what we decided was, uh, it, 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 was it was during the summer of like, Summer of twenty eighteen, where we were like, let's let us let us turn this into uh, a marketing agency, okay, and build a marketing agency, start selling services to other product based businesses and and brands, and so we were thinking about that, and then the only other thing was like, how do we get customers for that?
1: That makes sense. okay. So I want to just before you go into that, because that that's yeah. sort of like the first version of what you were doing pre NFTs, correct? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So just a just a point. Any lessons from taking money from your parents? Because I'm just curious what the dynamic was at that point in your family.
0: Dude, never, never, ever, ever, ever take money from your parents. That was stressful. Oh, dude, we were living with our dad at the time. I was living with my dad. And like, I've never been inherently good at communicating with people, especially people who are close to me, Mm -hmm. something that I struggled with always, uh, especially about like very stressful matters. And so we were living with our dad. I wasn't communicating with him with how our business was actually doing uh, and like that. We were like big time in the hole and I owed money to him and I was trying to figure out a way that I wasn't a proven way to get out of the hole. And so like there were so many dynamics that was by far the most stressful time in my entire life.
1: Um, how did you? OK, so what was so obviously you're not it's tough starting a business when you're not in a good mental space either. Because already you're coming from like a very stressed out place. So every decision you're making in the back of your mind, you're only thinking like, how the fuck do I repay my dad? Like, how the fuck do I repay my dad? So, okay. So you figured it out though, obviously. So what was the first version? um, What was the first version of the marketing agency? How did you, because that's something that you've never done either.
0: Yeah. So, so the first version was me just bring it up to my brother, bringing up the idea of it. And it was just at the idea stage for like about three months where like it was tossing around that idea being like, being like, I think that this could be a way that we could make it back. And like that we could actually grow something huge from this, but us not having a plan there at all, because we've never, we've never done that. And then it just so happened that we were out for, we were out for lunch one day with our, with our mom. Uh, myself and my two brothers and there's this person right behind us uh, in our hometown of Winnipeg and uh, he's talking about real estate and he's just talking with his so it seemed to be his business partner across mm-hmm. the table uh, talking about just business bashing his current marketing team being like this is horrible the content is horrible i've been spending so much of my own time on this and my mom overheard heard that when he walks up to to leave the room uh my, my mom says excuse me sir uh i heard that you were talking about marketing and then he's like yes i was and then my mom's like my sons are actually unbelievable marketers and she knew because we talked with our mom about like us wanting to how you possibly... made money
1: with the e-commerce company and how you were working with like instagram accounts and yeah
0: and possibly getting into An agency space, and so she had that in the back of her mind. And then uh, his name was Stefan, Stefan Arneo, and uh, he he was he he leaned down at us and he's like, "How old are you?" And I'm like, "I'm 18." And he's like, "How old are you?" To my older brother, and he's like, "He's like I'm 21." He's like, "Perfect." He writes down his number. (laughs) (laughs) He writes down his number on a postcard. He hands it to me. He's like, "Give me a call here," and he gave me exact time. It was like, "Give me a call at 4 p.m. CST uh, and woo me." That's what he said. And then he left. That's all he said. And he wrote down his name and number. And so afterwards, we, we were like, whoa, what? Like we searched him up on social media and he looked like a complete scam, complete scam. He had, inst- he had an Instagram page, said real estate in the bio. And then like he had pictures of like pizza and like just like girls that he was with, like random stuff. We we're like, this is a for sure a scam on Google. There was nothing. And so I, I gave him a call and uh, I'm like, we want to set up an in-person meeting. And so we set up an in-person meeting. We went to his office and we were we were at the office and he had an entire team. And we were like, wow, this could be real. So what did you do for him? That was your first client. Yeah. yeah. I set up a huge proposal, massive proposal. We said we would take over everything, every single social media platform, all content. I would film it, edit it myself. I would do everything. And it was 5000 a month. And he's like, listen, guys, I'll give you a try for two months. He's like, if it does well, then we'll keep going. Over two months, we crushed it, literally absolutely slammed it. Like he he got 10,000 followers on Instagram naturally just by the type of content we were getting him to film. We were making him go way outside of his comfort zone doing viral content. And then after two months, he paid us $10,000 and he was right with his word. And then he's like, I want to partner with you guys. And I, I want to I bring all of my clients who are high level. He was a real estate investing coach. And so he was, he had a ton of real estate investors. And so he was able to bring that to, to us.
1: And you just, you just copied and pasted that playbook, like that, that content marketing playbook. Cause you're like, I think that people are, are used to that kind of style of content now. Like you have to put yourself out there and whatnot. You have to be creating viral stuff. You have to be going on video and whatnot. So probably the stuff you're doing when you started working with him, but a lot of agencies are be were not forward thinking in their marketing and they kind of just sucked, especially people in the real estate industry, super legacy. So you were sort of, modernizing them and bringing them up to speed with how like marketing should be and how now businesses try and act on social exactly like there's
0: so much content going out on a daily basis like every single second the amount of content that's going on so you really have to do some creative stuff to like set yourself apart okay so you started building that agency out was okay was that Hikey was that so that that was so we had high key technology okay which was the e-commerce company and then we were like let's just keep rolling with the high brand so we yeah. so we separated into high key agency which was the, specifically social media management for clients okay cool and so we partnered with stefan stefan arnio on that and we, we partnered up and then uh he he sent us like a few clients right off the bat and then uh and then things just started rolling after that so like, you started getting more
1: clients, still still social media agency work at that point? Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: All social media management, like awesome. doing management on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and then uh, TikTok when it started coming around to YouTube. But that's still hard to scale with just, how many people are you working with right now? <laughs> so <laughs> dude, the, right after we signed our second client on high yeah. key agency, that's when we hired our first ever employee. And so, uh, yeah, he, he was a good employee that hired and he, ch- he he came into the business and treated like it, it, it was his own for a while. And,
1: and just a question on that, like when you started doing this, is this, what was the strategy that you actually used for social back then? Is it still applicable now or has, has shit changed?
0: Yeah, uh, stuff's definitely changed, but like the main stuff is just like capturing the attention of a, of a user. So like, it never really changes inherently. It just like changes platforms and then different platforms. I
1: wanna take a second and thank Indeed. They're a huge sponsor of actionable insights. Right now, you can get NetSuite's popular KPI checklist for free to help improve your business. It's designed to help you boost performance across key areas of your business. Go to netsuite.com slash scottclary to download the checklist and see how one complete system can transform your growth. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Get more control in your business with no risk at backblaze.com/story they set up that link for all success story podcast listeners that is a no risk free trial at backblaze.com/story seriously JoindeleteMe.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteMe.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now, I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely. Drink wisely.
0: Platforms are used for different things and then they'll always keep changing. And so like th- there's there's things with every single platform like YouTube, like you have about like five to 10 seconds to hook the audience. Your thumbnail needs to be uh, absolutely amazing. Eye-catching needs to relate to the the content. Uh, the title, it's very SEO based. And so the title and the description needs to needs to be good for like SEO optima- optimization for people to search it. Instagram is like very fast paced. IG reels are unreal. Uh, It's still picture based, so it's still like, so you gotta hook pictures. people in and whatnot
1: yeah. and get people well it's also because like i've noticed it and you probably know this because you're in social but and we were talking outside about like my content strategy and just and then i'm sitting down with you. And i'm like fuck, this guy knows this. i'm just telling him my content strategy it's like yeah okay all right let's let's move on like i already know this shit um but no for all the for all the new features that like platforms launch like they give massive organic reach too yeah so you can nail like we were talking and i was like oh i gotta figure out like youtube shorts and snapchat spotlights and reels and because they give massive organic reach which is half the reason why it's so damn hard to grow on instagram now because your organic reach when you're starting a brand new account is like nothing
0: big time yeah so. yeah and, and and that's why i like that's why I, I i wish i went a bit harder on tiktok when it was like really popping and it's just gonna it's still popping right now but it's yeah. like steadily decreasing like it is with everything as as more content gets published on the platform or creators like come on it, onto it yeah. exactly uh-huh yeah but like those types of things are Unbelievable to capitalize on, and that's like how we started our first business with the e-commerce space. Yeah. Is we capitalized on Instagram because the the natural engagement was unreal. We had ten thousand. I was just showing my my buddies the other night. is like uh, we scrolled all the way down the at co Instagram feed, and we had like ten to like twenty thousand Instagram followers at the time. Gained like two million view videos on our Instagram account, exactly like TikTok is now, yeah. and w- with like our own faces. And so like we have so many followers on that account that like were with us since the og days of like watching us like progress to this but point. you also like i know you go onto new platforms because i saw like i saw you on bitcloud yeah
1: so you jump on the new social and shit and you're like you're trying to figure that out like you're still obviously like very much with it and you're still trying to but you don't do do you still do like the day-to-day social management for agency no, no no no
0: i i exited that about uh i exited that quickly why? very quickly why because I want I, I've always wanted to get to a point of like scaling a business. And so like, it's hard to scale. Yeah, very hard to scale. And so like, uh, I actually realized a huge talent of mine is like, I'm really good at hiring people really good I'm really good at seeing like value propositions and people that like are, are like their skill sets even if they don't see it in themselves and so I I, I found that like after I hired our first three employees at high-key agency I'm like I'm better than this even at social media management so I just need to find people that are better than me at social media management and we have that now like we, I have a unbelievable team of social media managers better than me and like I I get on our weekly calls we we have two times a week about all of our social media management clients and th- they bring up ideas that I could not even think about on for, yeah. for different by the way I actually yeah. did, I actually
1: didn't mean like do you specifically still do the work for people yeah. I meant like are you still in the like the content creation game because I know that you do other yeah. stuff now because now you work with uh, like celebrities and influencers you do some sort of like giveaway thing as well yeah and I think you you do PR as well because you do like a whole gamut of shit now.
0: yeah yeah okay. yeah Co- content is a forever game okay. yeah I always want to be in the content and so like I go through like and, and I want to get to a point of being consistent, but like I go through like bits and periods of yeah. like doing more content than normal. Like my Instagram page is like, I, I don't really post that much business stuff on like my main feed. I just like keeping it like looking cool. Yeah. And then uh, I make videos every once in a while for our business accounts, high key agency. And then we fly to every single celebrity, practically every single celebrity that we film like our giveaway collaborations with. And that's that's content that goes up on on Hikey cool. Cloud.
1: Uh-huh. Okay, so I want to understand. um, I want to understand how you work with celebrities. Then I also want to understand how you built your personal brand because I'm sure. assuming what you do for your clients, that like you just take the playbook that's worked for yeah. you and then you're using it on your clients. Too. Yeah. So what is what is the celebrity play? What is the giveaway play? How does that work? Why do you go into that? Because. That's something that I've seen some people do, but I don't quite understand it um, from like a marketing perspective. And
0: yeah, like walk through that piece. This is cool. We're like literally going through like the timeline of of like everything. I find it interesting because like what I'm trying
1: to do is like you've done a couple of businesses. I'm trying to figure out like why you've gone into each one, how you've made it successful and sort of like lessons to pull out of that particular business. Because I know people that are going to be listening to this that are trying to start like a social agency. So like from day one, like what are the things you want to get into while you're trying to hire the right people? You're trying to figure out how to scale yourself. Like don't do all the work yourself. Maybe try and find retainer clients. It's another thing you mentioned as opposed to people that just go into like freelancing work and they just literally want to start a business, but they just started another job, right? Yeah. So that's why I like like pulling out the different stages because you've done so many different things and then we'll eventually get to NFTs and all that.
0: (laughs) So so the biggest thing of starting up an agency for me is, and I think for everybody who's starting up an agency is having an all-star client. So having a client that you can show all other potential clients. And so what we did is the person we partnered up with, Stefan Arnio, we used him as our all-star client. So we Mm over-delivered so much on his services. Like, even though he was a partner, he was still paying for services for his personal, but he was paying like, he was paying like 7,000 a month for us handling everything, which is like really, really cheap when you get into like, where, where, if he had in-house people, he would need minimum like three in-house people to handle all of his stuff, yeah. like content on every single social media platform, scripting, management, all of that, outreach, all of that. And so we just way over delivered on his stuff. And every client who we got on the phone with, which was mainly in the real estate space, is we would send them his profile and we'd be like, do you want your page to look like this? and it was always like, yes. Yeah. And then the only other thing rebuttal was like price. Yeah. And then I, I just had to convey the value and the price to them. Okay. And, and, and so that was the main thing is setting up the setting up the all-star client, but then we got to a stage where we were growing him so much and our, our personals were at like a thousand followers, no content on it. And I was getting rebuttals on sales calls being like, if you believe in this so much, why aren't you doing this for yourself? Yeah, and I, I, it was like a switch, a switch in in my yeah. head, and I'm like, whoa. And practically since that, since that time, and since that like idea and like that that brain switch is like every single service we we've ever sold since then, we've tested on ourselves beforehand. Okay, and so that that's when we started working on our personal brands, which come back uh, to yeah, you yeah. working with our per- personal brands. As we started working on our personal brands with growth management content and so like we were we were practicing what we were preaching basically
1: okay uh-huh. cool so you started building up your personal brand you're practicing what you preach. that's a smart sales strategy of course but um and that's funny because not a lot of people actually focus on that yeah. you see people that like sell very expensive 7k for all inclusive is like cheap like yeah. you can do like 10 20 i've worked with agencies that are upwards of 50k yeah. for some like super extensive marketing plans so 7k is relatively cheap but if you don't You know, if you look at an agency and you're like, yo, we're going to run your social and they have like 200 followers on their Instagram, you're like, really, what what can you do for me? Why haven't you done it for yourself? Anyways. Okay. So the whole celebrity giveaway thing. What is that? How the hell did you think of this? Particular business model because that's not something you copied and pasted from, like just like another agency.
0: Yeah. So, so, after after we ran the agency for a bit, it yeah. was self sustaining, really good. We hired had, out teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had about we had about six employees, uh, six employees at the time. About ten contractors that were pretty much full time working on like all of our clients. We were bringing in all on monthly retainers the clients, and so we were bringing in revenue, and we didn't have to worry about money anymore. Practically, uh, we still had the loan that we had to pay off which was still a burden but like we knew we were on the track to finally getting there and stuff started being in that upward spiral instead of the downward spiral and we got connected with other people in the industry that we've been connected with like all the way through even the e-commerce days of when we were selling like products and these one guys uh were doing these giveaways They were doing very, very small giveaways, like 10,000 follower giveaways, 5,000 follower giveaways with people like uh, Supreme Patty, like really, really like uh, mid, mid mid-level influencers. And we were like, interesting because a lot of our clients are having the problem that Instagram engagement levels are inherently going down. Yeah natural following is going down even though that they still have to be playing out content and so like a constant concern of them and they were like uh, we had a few clients that were like we're leaving unless you guys can get us followers because you were because you were so good at it it almost like bit you
1: in the ass because then as instagram and there's more creators on instagram reach is going down so even though you're operating at the same level people are like i'm not getting the results that i saw a year and a half ago so like figure it out.
0: Yeah. And, and it's really hard if you're doing a service-based business to be charging people the same price with them getting like slightly less results. Like course, they're, they're yeah. trying to like constantly scale and it's hard to scale against like a decreasing platform. Yeah. And so that's what we were handling with Instagram. And so we, that's when we got found out about giveaways Okay, where like it was practically the only way to grow scalable growth on instagram significant growth within instagram's terms yeah. of service people obviously know you can go on panels on google and like buy ten thousand fake followers that's bullshit it, anyways it, it, yeah bullshit it would it would uh destroy your instagram account and like uh instagram accounts get disabled all the time from this but these loop giveaways they're like called like loop giveaways basically a celebrity or influencer promotes a giveaway they say guys i'm giving out like cash or i'm giving out this car Mm -hmm. and they actually give away those prizes and then they say all you have to do to enter is go over to this instagram account and follow everybody that they're following and so they go over to a host account which like in when we first started like in the giveaway space there were no host account like people had no brand associated with it and it was like miscellaneous pages like just being like a random giveaway one 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 like go into this and follow everybody that they follow and yeah. it looks sketchy and but it got the job done and it got ten thousand followers for our clients and they were more than happy they stayed with us and then they started paying for the giveaways and what we realized is we start we could start reselling uh these people who are already running these giveaways we could resell spots for them and like create a whole new revenue stream other than just the social media management that we're doing and so we started reselling giveaways and like they were going like very fast people everybody but the the secret in this is like actually getting the celebrity on board
1: because for sure i can tell i can sell somebody like oh i'll I'll get you 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 followers, that's, that's not a hard sell. Yeah. But like, how do you get like a, I don't know, like a tiger or something like that? Like, how do you get somebody like that?
0: So before, when we were first getting going, there was there was no celebrities in this. It was only like influencers. So okay, it's mid-level okay. influencers and they, they were getting paid like $5,000, $10,000 to do a giveaway, okay. which was easy for them. The, the The pitch was, hey, do you want five to $10,000 for one Instagram post that you leave up for seven days and you're giving away stuff to your yeah. audience? And they're like, it's a no, brainer yes and so like that's that was an easy pitch for mid-level influencers but then once we started selling we started selling like 20 sponsorship spots a giveaway and we were like yo we could run these giveaways ourselves and do exactly what we do best which is brand these giveaways and so we started up an instagram channel called at high key clout which was our giveaway channel. Okay. We, we pegged that as our giveaway channel. And we called it High Key Clout because High Key, our main name, and then Clout because people were able to get Clout in the easiest way possible by sponsoring our giveaways. And so we started, we ran our first giveaway and we were like, let's do this like out of the water. Let's run this like crazy. And we, we put together 10, 10 influencers, where it's it was never like really done before there was like a couple of really big giveaways before but we put together 10 influencers and uh we ran a massive giveaway they gave away like $20,000 and it was huge like Bad Baby was a part of it and uh we just got connected to them through our past connections and we paid a ton of money but we also made a ton of money we made we we paid out like hundred fifty thousand dollars to all the all the like mid-tier influencers and then made about 100 grand profit uh from like the the giveaway sponsors that's not bad and
1: then that's how people are actually that's how somebody can actually grow because then you get like massive influxes of real people because you're getting exposure across somebody's 5 million, 10 million person audience. Exactly. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. And so after we did that first giveaway, we had a fair amount of capital from that and our agency, and we were able to start making some huge pitches. So we made pitches to everybody we possibly could. Uh, we started doing outreach campaigns to managers that we were connected with, and we, we it just was an upwards uh, this snowball. Like, we yeah, had, yeah. We, we, we did giveaways with Kevin Hart, Snoop Dogg, the baby, Little Baby, Bella Thorne, and it, it was, it's Unbelievable business model because everybody wins in it, and we also gain these connections with these A list celebrities.
1: I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, as a leader, you're always on the lookout for more ways to arm yourself with knowledge the books, the seminars, and most importantly, the podcasts that help you make the best possible decision for you, your company, your customers. Because when you know more, you can apply more and you can grow. With HubSpot's CRM platform, you can store, track, manage, and report on all the tasks and activities that make up your relationships with customers. With a bird's eye view over all your customer interactions, HubSpot empowers your decision making like never before, so you can give your business and your customers all the good you've got. Learn how to make your business grow better at HubSpot.com. So the only thing that I want to challenge you on is how is this a defensible business model? So how do you differentiate versus someone else who just listens to this and is like, "I want to go into this now"?
0: Yeah. So the diff- the the competitive edge that yeah. we had is the brand. Okay. And so our Instagram account and it's what we so this do best. takes it back to it takes back to why you're building a personal brand, exactly. why it's so important. Exactly. Okay. And so the Instagram page that we have at hikey Cloud, it's verified on Instagram. So every single person who's entering the giveaway is able to go to that hosted page, show that we're legitimate also we have over 1 million followers you can scroll back all the way to 2018 showing our first giveaway campaign yeah. we've given away over 1.5 million dollars just on that one Instagram page 1.5 million dollars like verified given away in cash prizes like ps5s and IMAX and then also cars there you go okay so mm-hmm. then
1: um, as you okay so this was when was this this time period for the actual like the giveaway that was sort of like the next version of the high key agency Um this was up until just recently, right? And then you started to go into NFTs. Is that correct? So, or was so, there other-
0: so giveaways uh, st- giveaways start picking up, like for us, uh, where we started doing our own giveaways in 2019. Okay. And then all the way up until now. And we're going to be doing giveaways for the rest of our lives, for sure.
1: And and help me understand something else as well. Because it's something that I was trying to figure out if I wanted to actually take part in a giveaway. Yeah. So how do I how do I know which giveaways work for me? Meaning... If I go with like a Cardi B, for example, how do I know that her audience works with me? Versus if I went with like, obviously there's not a ton of like business influencers that are like a Cardi B or probably have that level yeah. of reach, but still that would be a better audience.
0: I know it's a really it's a really common question that we get with practically every single sponsor that we have that's like new to the giveaway space, and it's it's this comparison that's like best best for it like. It's the only way to build scalable Instagram followers only way on Instagram. So like, if you're trying to grow your Instagram, this is the only way. Give us, okay. Give us, give, give me, give, Uh give
1: us, give those people listening numbers. So when, when you spend X amount of dollars, I'm trying to compare it to other marketing. So if somebody was like, oh, I'm a marketer, I run, for example, maybe I run ads. Yeah. Try and get influence uh to, to get, get followers. To get followers, right? Yeah. So there's like a there's a dollar per follower exactly. or whatever it is, or maybe two dollars per follower. If you there's one book called I think a million followers, where he tries to like run ads in like all these like other countries around the world that are like a lower CPM and he gets like twenty cents per follower or whatever. Yeah. So what's like the actual dollar value per follower yeah
0: so we ran facebook ads to get followers without a giveaway associated just with like for example you like cutting up your content on your podcast delivering it to an audience that you're looking for in the u.s which was obviously be really targeted and you'd be paying about like two to three dollars per follower but it'd be like really targeted business people and it would it's not like inherently like extremely scalable because two to three dollars could fluctuate a ton because there's no real way to like Target for followers, and there's very like no, just, you're right, there is. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you think about yourself, like just scrolling through Instagram and stuff, like how often would you see a direct advertisement the brought follow? to you by Facebook to yeah. follow yeah, or like go to their page and follow? It's weird, it's a it's, <laughs> a,
1: it's, a, it's a so like Twitter does it, I think. yeah, Twitter actually has like a page to follow, yeah. Um, but Instagram, you'd
0: have to just run like a super compelling ad that would make somebody like want to, it just tough exactly and so you're paying like two to three dollars practically minimum for a very targeted follower and so like the 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 negotiation and like the counter argument of the giveaways in terms of scalable growth is you're able to gain hundreds of thousands of followers on a monthly basis and it's around 10 cents a follower okay and starts to make yeah and so 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 even if even if some of them
1: aren't your your perfect audience it still is Yeah, incredibly cheap. So you're hoping that if, like, say, fifty percent, or even like less than that, if fifty percent of your target audience, then you have you have volume, which I guess helps with like your your cloud and just like your your social proof because you have the volume there. But then maybe like forty or thirty percent of them are actually like people that would buy your service or engage with your content or some shit.
0: Exactly. And a lot of our clients are, especially of the giveaways, a lot of our clients of the giveaways are people who do high ticket sales. So for example, like we have a lot of plastic surgeon clients. We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like the number one plastic surgeons across the US, like millions millions of followers. And the reason for that is it's just a numbers game. Like they do one plastic surgery and it's like $20,000. So for example, we have a a Nicki Minaj giveaway uh, coming up. It got postponed, but it's going live on Thursday, March 24th. And that's like around $10,000 to get in or 10 cents per follower, a kind of 75,000 to a hundred thousand followers. So they're getting the plastic surgeons. And we have a ton on, on, on this giveaway list. It's 75,000 to a hundred thousand followers. And they just need to get one client out of 75,000 to a hundred thousand followers directly coming from Nicki Minaj. And they're in the profit. And so like, those are like the ideal clients and those are the clients that like are recurring because they do make that and that they consistently sense. make that and they buy into every single one of our giveaways because of that. Okay, uh-huh. that, that starts to make sense. Yeah. And um, then besides okay. that, besides that, the people who, other than those high ticket sales, a huge portion of clients specifically for the giveaways are people who are just trying to initially grow their brand. Like they have a thousand followers, yeah. and they need to get over like that ten thousand or hundred thousand follower mark just for brand legitimacy. So like it, it's like they need to get over it for brand legitimacy, and then if they get sales on the back end from it, it's like a bonus. But okay. yeah,
1: no, that's smart. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's an interesting, it's an interesting strategy um, because I'm I'm wrestling with the concept of doing it myself, and I'm trying to figure out because I'm like I'm at like eight hundred and forty thousand or something, but I don't have a high ticket offer. So for me, it's like, when does this start actually like being like positive ROI yeah. for me? And I have to figure that I, I don't know. How do did ads. you get up to eight hundred? It was just an insane amount of content. Yeah. So I'm like three to four pieces per day. Uh-huh. I ran ads. I ran yeah. ads, but they were very expensive. So I stopped. So it was yeah. just, I turned myself into a content marketing machine and that was pretty much it. That was, that was how I grew. And I've been doing that for yeah. a long time now. Uh-huh. So, but I also, and so have, that's the, that's the ideal way. And it's either, benefit it's is, either benefit time is, or money. Is, so I get, I get also, I have an edge because I get celebrities on my page, right? So I get notable names and I get, when somebody comes on the show that has, it could be, it doesn't matter how many followers, if I put that content out, then they're reposting it against their audience. So I'm getting access to some celebrities audiences already that normally most people can't get tagged and be reposted on whoever's the audience, right? Like it doesn't really happen for most people. It's half the reason why I love podcasts as a content marketing <laughs> thing, because it works, right? You put out a piece and you tag the person who you interviewed and they either will actually ask you for that piece and post it on their channel in like an actual in feed post or they'll just re they'll put it onto stories and then that's across all their social so i could like you know you tag them on twitter they'll retweet it you put them on linkedin they'll repost or reshare it on their timeline
0: and it's a great pitch like you're, yeah. you're go- going up to them giving value basically. well I,
1: not only am i saying you're getting access to the audience that i have i'm also saying that i'm going to basically be like an outsourced content marketing team for you with all the stuff we put together so i'm going to get like out of this probably like Thirty different clips, so sick. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. So my editor's gonna like edit it all out. We're gonna time stamp all the different questions that I asked, and each one of those is gonna be like you know a th- either like forty five second to like two minute clip. Yeah, and that's gonna be like thirty pieces of content that that person can use on their website. They can use on your Instagram. You can use it forever. It doesn't matter. I don't even care if I'm in it. Usually they include me in it, but like <laughs> at the end of the day, like. If, if I keep doing that as a service, it's zero extra effort to me because I'm already doing it for my own channel. Yeah. But also it's going to get me exposure to their audience. So but dope. I mean, that's like very different than what yeah. most people have access to. Most people don't have that access unless you start a podcast and you do have incredible people that come on the show. Most people don't just get retweeted or like, or, or shared to a story of a celebrity, <laughs> right? So, but that's- my, Unless you pay them. <laughs> unless, unless you pay them, exactly. That's that. But that was like my marketing mind at work when I'm like, how do I grow my own personal brand? It's like, I need people who are like super impressive to talk about me and this is how i'm doing it it's so dope yeah yeah 100 uh-huh. percent. Yeah, but the the strategy makes a lot of sense and the and the cost per follower is like incredibly cheap yeah it's super super cheap it, right?
0: it, 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 yeah it
1: doesn't get any cheaper so yeah. when i ran ads when i ran ads for followers i would run ads like anywhere like outside of north america in north america so most most expensive market on ads like u.s like two to three bucks a follower canada australia is like maybe a buck a follower yeah and then like Philippines, Pakistan, anything outside of that is like between 20 to 50 cents a follower. Still like They're very not targeted expensive. either. Yeah. They're still uh-huh. not, like you can target yeah. a little bit. You can target like their interests and their language and whatnot, but it's still, yeah. the, the cost is still expensive. So it's like, if I could get 10,000 followers from Nicki Minaj, that's probably still more targeted than if I'm running a, a campaign and targeting some country in the world that's outside the US it's gonna be like 20 to 30 cents per follower, but it's still like not easy to do. Exactly. Because there's no direct ad set that you can run it will push people to directly follow you. It has to be, like, a choice on their on their behalf. So the ad has to be super fucking compelling to make sure that they actually do that.
0: Yeah, it's and you got to run, like, an engagement campaign. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: yeah. Well, you just try. And, yeah. and, like, and forget about the testing phase, which also is just super expensive, where you test, like, the creative and the copy and the targeting, and you make sure that all that resonates. So, yeah, it's uh, – It's smart. Very smart. Okay. So this is what, okay. So this is, and you've, you've run these on yourself, I'm assuming as well. Like you've run, we put
0: ourselves in every single giveaway. That's how we ran. That's how we got from the thousand followers that we were at to over a million followers. Okay. So talk to
1: me about community building. And why I say that is because that's what you're doing now. So I, when I look at your brand, I see you as a great community builder. I see you as all the stuff you put out, the parties that you hold, uh, the NFT that you dropped. all that seems to be, I don't know if you did this purposefully, but it seems to be about community building because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's what's going to basically make that business take off. So did you do this purposefully when you wanted to drop an NFT? Were you like, I want to create community. I want to create access. I want to create events. Or was that something that you you almost did just because you enjoyed doing that? Like you seem to like like love partying and shit. So it was like, I want to create a project that sort of like helps me like sort of double down on what my brand is already about.
0: Yeah. So for NFT projects specifically, it's 100% about community. Yeah. The the entire NFT community is like each project is like how valuable you can, you can build a community and like how much value you can bring to that community. It's with every single like top project, like the board ape yacht club, yeah. which is like one of the top pro the NFT projects like out there is it, it is what it is because of the community that they built. It's like amongst, celeb owners and very, very rich people that people wanna buy into it solely to get into that community and get access into that community. And so like, yeah, that was like top of mind in terms of what we were doing with like, so our NFT project, it's called like Fraternity Apes Party, Frat Apes. Yeah, I saw this Yeah, and so, so we, were, we were waiting to, to launch an NFT project because we wanted a utility component to the project. And because we're in a landscape now where only NFTs succeed if they have a utility aspect. So, yeah. so, for a long time, they like there was like
1: there was like hype at the beginning. Yeah. And then you see like even like the search terms on Google like they're drastically declining. So yeah. we were talking before about like all the all the crypto projects that failed. There was no business fundamentals, no utility. So now when you launch something, like you have to figure that out. So what is okay? So how did you figure out utility? How were you like this is how I want to. Great utility for for fraternity apes yeah
0: so it, it came because back in 2021 uh we got the opportunity to uh throw a massive party because we had a sponsor we had some of our clients in miami at the time and it just lined up where we were doing two giveaway campaigns back to back we were we were filming with rick ross and we were filming with lil baby on the same weekend and so we we're like on top of the world and we were like Let, let's do a crazy party like let's do a crazy event and so we set th- some things up and we had a we had a yacht event at yep. the start and then uh, <laughs> yeah. and yeah a yacht event at the start where we tied up three yachts together yeah. three 75 foot yachts and then we went we, we went to a mansion the next day and nice. threw a crazy mansion party and we were able to do that because one of our clients who's like such a good friend and like we do tons of investing with him like in real estate his name's robbie clark this guy's a savage i was talking to you about him too i think i see yeah you <laughs> yeah
1: i saw so i was supposed to do a show with him too or yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: I'll, I'll i'll line that up okay, if cool. you want and uh he's great he, he owns like 300 million plus in real estate right nice. now in canada We're trying to bring it up to a billion by the end of this year and so uh he helped us out with sponsoring uh the entire event the first event and we thought that would be cool because we had the opportunity where it was over a huge uh event it was the it was the floyd mayweather and uh and logan fight and so everybody was in miami yeah and so we were able to reach out to all of our celeb friends all of our influencers and be like yo we're throwing these crazy parties like uh come through if you're if you're okay to post on your instagram and stuff and like uh want to want to do anything and so uh on the yacht we had like little baby and blue face were there and we had a great time and then at the mansion uh it was it was Blueface came to perform rich the kid came to perform and then like a bunch of like random selects so, this is just up.
1: because this is because you've been doing this and you've been like building out these connections in this network for all the actual work that you're doing with high key previous to the NFT launch exactly it was
0: yeah Yeah. it was the accumulation of all the connections that we built up yeah uh that's
1: very smart see you know what there's something to be said. like this is like you know you did it one way to build this incredible network and look at what that allows you to do yeah that's that's an awesome network to have when you want to do anything now you have this like group of celebrities you can tap into the same shit with like actually building a podcast like literally you, you just find you have to find ways to like to orchestrate like connections. So like, how do you orchestrate connections? Well, these people that are operating at this level, like a celebrity or like some, like an incredible business person who who's achieved so much success, like you have to provide value to them in some way. And like, if you want to like, I don't know, like hockey stick growth curve, like exponentially grow your career, like find a way to provide value for like the most influential people in in the world. And like, you'll find yourself in a pretty damn good spot. But it's, it's like I think that you have to think like that when you're trying to build a brand, start a side hustle. Like how do you not just cater to like the average client, but how do you cater to the people that are the most successful at what they're doing? Because there's more than just closing a client. You want a client with a network, with the relationships, like with things that can provide uh, like ancillary value outside of just like the retainer or the dollars that they're paying you.
0: yeah there's been clients that like over the years we I've done so much free work without without taking a single dollar because I know that just building the relationship and having that relationship there like with them referring over clients or like just talking about us to like a high level group of people and then like the business that brings in the long term is unbelievable yeah yeah like in in reality like the 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 time that we've been in the business space has been very, very small compared to our entire time horizon, and so like if I can already see a justification of like building relationships and like what that does in terms of like revenue and and bringing in like natural business and bringing in business like from friends and stuff, yeah, it, like it, it, it's the way to win in the long term. Hundred uh-huh. percent. Okay. So, um,
1: okay. So NFT project, understand utility. Um, so what is, what it, what is the utility that comes from fraternity apes? Yeah, and also, and also, why did you go into NFTs?
0: So, what? Why do you believe in Web three NFTs, crypto, all that? Yeah. So, with the NFT spaces, we were, uh, we were heavily in the crypto space already. So, like, uh, when we got into NFTs, we had a, we had about ninety percent of our net worth in, in crypto. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fucking diversify. Like, you're all in. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. I, I have <laughs> net worth in crypto, but not ninety percent. We're, we're so young that, like, I, yeah, I always your risk is like. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've, I've thought about everything. Like when we first started up our business in, uh, when I was like 18 and like all my friends were going to college of high school and like, I already had the business is I'm like, damn, like I could fail miserably, like absolutely miserably till 25 and as long as i had a ton of knowledge like real world applicable knowledge from it by just like grinding and like learning about it i could fail miserably go bankrupt 25 i could i would be more set than the people who went to college for business
1: 100 so that, that. percent so that we could that, have a whole conversation about why traditional schooling is yeah not setting people up yeah. where they need to be yeah, yeah. and There's so
0: smart. that was my mindset of that where like i could just miserably fail and so like that was the that was the same mindset with like I'm going all in and risking everything if I see a huge opportunity because I can, I still have that time horizon like i'm 22 right now and so i could still miserably fail for i could still, so miser- young, I could still miserably fail for like four years and like yeah. we're, we're at a point with our business where it's like it's not possible to fail like yeah. we have things set up where it, we have so many streams of income that yeah. are coming in so it, it's set where like even with our investments like with crypto crypto could go a zero which like is impossible but like crypto could go a zero theoretically and we would still be good with like our revenue and stuff so that's how i see and
1: even when you went into crypto like i i found you un- bit cloud like you were figuring yeah. out like you were figuring out like the the intersection of like crypto plus social you're putting out like a ton of like memes on crypto as well like and it was just like you just like dive into new stuff like really effectively i think that's probably always been i don't even know if you're like aware of this but i think that's how you've always succeeded you just dive headfirst into shit without like <laughs> so second probably, guessing yes, it. Even and like not that. even like and not even like not even stressing about it like you just like who starts like mastering BitClout through like crypto memes, and you built out like a huge brand there. Like it's just jumping into stuff before you're ready, before there, before there's a playbook for it. That's literally been everything you've done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and for anybody who's listening who doesn't know about BitClout, uh, it, it was previously BitClout, which was like uh, back in March uh, 2021. Oh, I didn't and know and then it, it switched to Dso because okay. they went through a rebrand because they had a ton of like really bad stuff that came out right, right uh, at the forefront of it. Yeah. But now it stands for decentralized social media, which is way better. It's literally on Coinbase now, Deeso, money signed Dso yeah. And then they, they did that because people conceptualized BitClout as just a one application like Instagram, where it was like competing with like Twitter. So it was like the decentralized version of tr- Twitter and it was competing with it. But they switched it to DeSo because it's a layer one blockchain yeah. that decentralized social media platforms can build on top and you're going to build
1: applications on that okay. exactly
0: and there's already tons of applications built on it it's nowhere near where it's where we believe that's going to be and like we we know the people who who created it who founded it and we're heavy believers just in the aspect of decentralized social media so much. Like we've been headfirst in social media for the past six years, six, seven years. And uh, we think that decentralized social media is the next step, even though it might not be here yet. Like we know that that's 100% the next step and uh yeah giving people ownership back in their content giving people ownership of the platform Mm -hmm. giving people control of like no advertisements being on the platform like so many different aspects of like being able to invest into people's the the craziest thing in in our mind is being able to invest into profiles yeah so it's like brings a gambling component it brings a component of like uh long-term value like being like for example like you being on like a a platform that's on deso and like i'm like I'm just on this podcast. I'm like, damn, like, I really believe in this podcast. And like, this is like, fast forward to the future when Deso is like the main thing. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I really believe in this. I'm going to put money into the your social podcast, into yeah. your social profile. Yeah. And because I believe in it and passive income being made just by you delivering.
1: Well, that's the thing about like, like with NFTs with with Deeso, um, and even like the first version of BitCloud is about like, how do you unlock all these opportunities for creators? How do you unlock? Because for the longest time, creators were getting screwed by social because they were Bashed. socials making so much money off of the eyeballs that were looking at these creators. And like, yeah, maybe YouTube pays them a little bit. But outside of that, creators really get screwed. So this is like you give creators the opportunity to not only do incredible work, but now actually get paid for it. Exactly. And people can actually put their dollars where they want to put their dollars versus putting you know <laughs> their dollars towards like you know Google or Facebook or whatever it is, right? So- very cool. Okay, so um that's why that's why you're doubling down on NFTs. You started your own project. Um so talk to me about Fraternity Apes. What what is it? What are you trying to do with it? What are you trying to accomplish? What's the community you're trying to build?
0: For sure. Yeah. So we started Fraternity Apes like building it out in 2021. So we were already heavily invested in the crypto space already like already doubled down on like Dso, which is decentralized social media, and we were we were like now it's time to uh launch our own nft project especially during this time we've also done marketing for other nft projects mm-hmm. and so like we exp- we we showed our capabilities of what we could do with like building communities uh building a twitter audience building a discord audience uh building these massive projects that like a majority of them sold out and uh, some did well some didn't and so uh that's what we had like as like our backbone and then thought we were thinking about like different utility aspects that we had and it was just like all the value propositions that we had so basically we we could give people access to celebrity events that we had in the future because like we throw them at massive mansions and so there's more than enough room and everybody wants to meet a celebrity and talk with a celebrity at mansion and so we we give access to celebrity parties that's what one thing uh we can we thought about hosting uh, Zoom meetings and masterminds and Discord AMAs, basically like huge meetings with like holders where we could express like different things about how to grow a business, all the mistakes that we made, and then do interactive AMAs, which are like ask me anythings, Mm -hmm. uh, where people could ask about like, their problems and uh anything that they're struggling with in business just like how we made the backpack mistake who knows one of our holders could be coming onto to one of those stages and asking me about uh asking me about a specific situation i say one thing that changes their entire trajectory and yeah. so that that's another thing offering consulting and uh, and and that and then uh, building an extremely extremely strong community and uh and like all the things that are gonna come from it in the future like they get they get access so all of our holders get access to our entire brand and so like whenever we uh whenever we partner up with a new celebrity like we're partnering up with Nicki Minaj that's going live in a couple of days, partnering up with Cardi B next month. That's in direct association because we're high key's the backbone of fraternity apes. Um was it is it hard to like now that
1: NFT so there was like kind of like hyper on NFTs, you had like stuff like people selling stuff for like, like X millions of dollars, like it's insane. Mm -hmm. Now that it started to decline, do you have problems marketing NFT projects? Do you feel like you have to like regain
0: trust in people? Or are people still on that bandwagon? For sure. People are very skeptical about projects, especially like whales and stuff. And you have to really win them over. And they usually uh, don't see it, don't believe it until they see it type of thing. And so like that's what happened with our project too. Like it didn't go as successful as like we hoped for. Uh, but like we're gonna be winning over people in the long term. Just like how some projects just like spurred up and like either either like don't sell out or like sell out very fast and then drop in value a ton. Like people are gonna be seeing like the value that we constantly deliver over the long term and then get into it after after they see
1: that. And where do you think like where so NFTs went up, went down. Where do you think the actual like future of NFTs are going to rest in terms of like community creator economy? Uh, what what purpose do you think they're going to
0: serve? So the basis of NFTs is like basically the thing that's behind it is the smart contract yeah. where like it's a digital contract that auto fulfills and it, it's coded into the contract that it auto fulfills on a specific certain requirements and so i think that smart contracts are going to be everywhere in the future and it 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 might be ethereum it might be a different blockchain ethereum has a ton of kinks that they need to figure out to to be able to lower gas fees and all of that but i think that smart contracts will be everywhere and used amongst all things like the most major thing and industry that'll break through is is into real estate and yeah. like, there's tons of barriers they will have to go through. And like in crypto time, it's going to be like so long and it could be like five years. It could be 10 years, but it will come where, yeah, yeah where people will be able to in China buy a piece of land in Canada without uh, a
1: lawyer or anything like that, without, through a smart contract.
0: Yeah. And like. If you're in the NFT space and if you bought NFTs before, you can see like how unbelievably easy it is. If you understand crypto and understand like the basics of crypto, it is very easy. And like the thought of that being in a physical realm of like say real estate is is really cool because like I I've, I've been in real estate investing uh, as well, and the amount of paperwork and the amount of lawyers, the amount of fees that go on with that is is disgusting. It like yeah. makes my m- makes my stomach turn on <laughs> <laughs> In terms of how much time and money that goes into it, and yeah. so like if that could be saved. That could be, yeah, like, that could be revolutionary. I agree. I think it's a matter of
1: um, trust and time because crypto is not new. It's just a matter of getting people to tr- to to build out utility and to build out mechanisms that make it more easy than dealing with a lawyer or dealing with an intermediary. Right? Like I think that's just. A, I think it's going to be a long game for crypto, but I think that if you start building out projects that actually provide utility like what you're doing right now. And then people start to see projects where they're like, if oh, I want to get into this. I don't just want to buy in for like the for like the investment opportunity. I want to buy in for the actual utility. And then it's going to and then that's going to create some sort of um I don't know, some some trust in the industry. Because for a long time people created projects and businesses without utility and that's what screwed over all the trust. For sure. Okay. Um, okay. So where do you want to take this next? Like, what do you want to go into now? I want to do, um, we've been doing this for like about like an hour, hour and a bit now. Has I want this to do, been over an hour? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <Did this laughs> I want to do a couple. Uh, I always do rapid fire at the end to, to close okay. these out too. But um, what's next for you? Like what's next for high key? What's your, you know, what's your goal in the next three, five years? What do you want to accomplish?
0: Yeah. So next three, five years is we really think that in the next three five years, DSO in particular is going to take off, mm-hmm. and if it takes off, we'll be billionaires. The amount of money that we have invested in that uh, and the percentage ownership that we have in that. So, uh, anybody listening to this in three five years, <laughs> let's hope, hope, pray. <laughs> yeah, at this age as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we put a lot of eggs in that basket, yeah. and yeah, that's age as well. Yeah. yeah, and so like that's one thing that we heavily believe in, uh, and. Uh, we're working on, but it's not distracting us from our main businesses and our main source of income this uh, currently, Uh, over the next three, five years, we wanna be doing uh, giveaways. Yeah, for sure. It might change platforms like Instagram is lessening in terms Mm -hmm. of like the value that's that's coming through it. And so it might change to another platform if like our clients are more interested in TikTok, it might change that giveaways will always stay a thing. We want to be investing uh, more money into crypto, all all of our all of our profits. What do you go?
1: What what is outside of? obviously your own nft project but what are the ones that you look at right yeah,
0: now yeah uh we, we mainly store all of our money into uh into bitcoin okay. ethereum into like the main ones uh outside of like uh projects that we go heavy into like dso in our own nft project
1: yeah okay. uh-huh. yeah um when it's all said and done, uh, in- 150 years from now when you're dead and gone what do you want people to say about you how do you want to be remembered
0: man i've never even thought about that just because of how how young i am because I know. like i, I usually <laughs> interview people that are like three times your age man <laughs> I, I i i honestly i i don't really care i'm just trying to have a am just and and i i've thought about this and i don't really care how people think about me when i'm gone because I'm, I'm gone uh and I, I This gets into like a huge other topic about like what what you think happens like after life, like mm-hmm. religious beliefs and stuff. But uh, I, I mainly just want to have a damn good time while I'm here. I want to constantly be lessening my stress. I want to be improving myself and I just want to do good and, and like make sure I, I'm building relationships and having fun time with good people. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's do a
1: couple rapid fire. Um, first thing that I'm just curious about, I don't always ask everyone this, but how's it working with your brothers? benefits drawbacks working with your family so sick uh the
0: number one thing is that it's uh do the... I feel like kick him out of the room so you get like an honest answer or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah my little brother is uh, in the room right now but the number one thing the number one thing for sure and it's always been I, I I've been in, with in business with my little brother for like two and a half years now with my older brother for six to seven years since we started yeah. the number one thing is trust and like we've been through we've been through t- two business partnership breakups for people who are outside, outside of, of the family. brotherhood yeah, yeah. and uh and now it's just the brothers that own high key like we're the only percentage owners of high key and it's the trust thing it's that y- you 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 trust them with everything and like you it- there's there's nothing that could like come in between us and like that's different for some families but like we've been through like a lot of hardship when we were younger and like we we fought through it together and like uh yeah we- we've gone through that and so that that made us pretty strong together um some things are some drawbacks are like the communication aspect to it and like a personal relationship i find this all the time like i talked about how i have a horrible communication problem but like we rarely talk about anything personal like nothing personal yeah yeah and it it just just gets that point because like we're talking about things that are like hundred thousand dollar topics and so like uh we see it as like it it just gets complicated that way and and so we're gonna have to work on that over time for sure
1: yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh-huh.
0: I've never worked with my brother
1: on anything, but yeah. I can see how that Is your be brother tough. in business? He's going into law. He's going to law. So if, he's younger than me. He's, yeah. So he's 25. So uh-huh. eventually he will be. Yeah. So I'm waiting for him to write out law school. Then I'll hire him for something. <laughs> I'm as a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah <history>. exactly. 100%. <laughs> if, you're, if your own family yeah. can't represent you, what are they good for, right? <laughs> um, okay. So uh,
0: any regrets or biggest failures that you've had in your career? Dude, no, a single regret, and that's like the number one thing that I like. I, I'm I'm pushing for like in every single goal that I set. It and the reason we threw the parties, the reason we start up an NFT project, even though it's an NFT bear market right now, is because I don't want to have a single regret in my life. I don't want to be at 80, 90 years old, yeah. looking back on my life and being like, damn, I regret doing that. And like, I knew I would have regretted not launching our own NFT project if we did that. And uh, th- tons of other things. I knew I would have, would regret not going all in on DSO, no matter how it plays out. I'm fine with losing that money. If it's, You have if, convictions on that. Y- you have
1: y- incredible convictions y- yeah. on how it's going to play out. Y- y- yeah, Which is, I think, you know what though? Like you have to have that Yeah. Uh-huh. to be successful. Yeah. You're doing it in a very new industry but anybody who's had success in anything they always go like triple down on ideas that everybody else thinks is a little bit crazy yeah so i mean what I, when I, if, if it's dso if it's like if it's a if it's your own company you're starting from the ground it doesn't in any industry like you
0: have to be like a little bit like obsessed it, obsessed insane yeah. Right. yeah yeah oh you should see my older brother it's only only thing he talks about is dso Good. no that's probably why you're going to be successful yeah, at it like
1: yeah. obviously you're riding industry ways which is outside of your control but like if industry goes well you're going to be at the forefront of that yeah. right um one person
0: who's had a major impact on you there's obviously been many but pick one who yeah. was that what they teach it's you Stephen arnio so yeah he, he he was the person who was our first business partner and he taught me uh he taught me a lot of what i know today uh, even though he didn't d- necessarily bring a huge amount of value to high key agency, like he brought a lot of value up front and then he had to focus on his other business. But I was always with him and like I was with him on a daily basis and he became my like best friend and uh, I was with him so much. He taught me uh, sales negotiation. Uh, he taught me uh hiring techniques um, everything management techniques yeah. a lot of stuff where like i could come up to him with a ton of different questions uh and he would always either have the answer or like it, give me thought-provoking uh questions to challenge you on stuff yeah and it's unfortunate because like uh he actually he he actually passed away oh, shit. yeah I'm yeah sorry. yeah he passed away he had cancer and very young age he, he was he was like 32 and so that 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 was really hard for me because like he was that uh, he was by far like other than my brothers like by far my best friend at the time. I hung out with him like every single day, called him, and he, he taught me, yeah, he was definitely yeah. So tribute to Stefan Arnio for okay. this well, one. I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that's sad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um a book, podcast, something that's impacted you. Thinking Grow Rich, 100 yeah. percent I read that book and I I did so much crazy stuff after that in terms of like I did a I did a dream board where like uh I, I always go like bigger, go bigger, go home strategy. So like I, I, I created, uh, a, a visualization of everything that I wanted in the future, like for the next, like 10 to 25 years. And then I got, uh, I paid one of my buddies, uh, who's a friend of mine, a thousand dollars. And he, he, he painted an, an eight by four foot, uh, like mural of it, basically, wow. and then like I got that on my computer screen. uh I have it. I have it written on my phone and stuff. And like, think and grow rich, like, really breaks down about like visualizing and breaking down your goals and like your ambitions. And really unreal, literally teaches you how to how to do goal setting in it. And in yeah, book. no, that's that's a it is a good <laughs> book. I've heard a
1: couple people recommend that as well. Yeah. Um, Uh, if you, uh, the question, the question I always ask, but this is irrelevant to you. So we're going to take it back a little bit younger. The question (laughs) is, if you could tell your 20 year old self one thing, but I mean like that doesn't apply. So like, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what
0: would that be? Uh, it would probably be something around, uh, the backpack mistake that we did. So it would be like something around like, uh, uh, don't be greedy. Uh, uh, always do, uh, always do product market research uh, before launching something new. Uh, I'd, I'd say those two things. Yeah, yeah. Be good lessons. But like, I, I say that as lessons, but like, and this is why I don't regret anything is because like, if that backpack mistake never happened, we would have potentially still been selling products up 100%. until this day. and so like yeah and so that was the sole reason that backpack mistake and us going in debt was the sole reason why i had the luxury of no other opportunities no other options but besides do anything possible to get that money back which ended up us going into an agency which became like very successful and like thankfully like able to able to come out of the the dirt start stop doing the e-commerce so yeah that's why i don't live a so, they, like, yeah. like lessons learned, but ultimately, everything also happens for a reason. Exactly. And like,
1: and and like the key takeaway is that you know, if you if something screws up, like it's only really a screw up if you don't learn from it. Yeah. Right. And obviously, you did, and you improved, and you're good. Yeah. Um, and then, last question: What does success mean to you?
0: Well, that's a good question. Success. Uh, I don't think that I'm I'm successful right now. And I think success means to me is because uh, success is like a couple of different things for me. It's getting to a level of where you never think about money anymore. And so like the level where you swipe your credit card at anything and you, you literally do not think about it. And so like that's with anything that you buy, any dinner that you go to, no matter how bougie it is and, and swiping the card and not, not, not even thinking about it. So that's one level. And then there's the the happiness level, which I do think I'm successful. And because like I'm an all around happy person, I've always been like very happy. Even when we were in the dirt, I was happy. Um, and so that that's one aspect. Happiness, uh, the money, and then also uh, uh, no stress. And so like, that's one thing that I'm I'm constantly working on because I I definitely have stress and everybody has a certain level of stress. You're a high performer though. So how do you get yeah. rid of stress? That's uh-huh.
1: almost impossible. Yeah,
0: but like, it's true it's true it's impossible to get rid of completely out of stress and like you probably have tons of stress too yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. you want
1: to you because like even if even if say you had like like literally unlimited money and say you had like all the happiness in the world i think that that's a tough thing to get rid of because that's more of a am i trying to always push myself to be better and if you if you do believe you can always be better, which most high-performing people do believe, I don't know how you wouldn't have any stress. You can almost just like learn to accept that you are on a journey versus like trying to ever hit like the end result.
0: And that's exactly what I was gonna get into is that it's not about taking away the stress. It's about getting better at handling the stress. Mm. And like, I've heard tons of people t- talk about this, like tons of very, very high level people about like the stress never goes away. The stress constantly keeps increasing. It's just how about you handle it, uh, how well you handle it. Yeah. And so like, that's the aspect of it, about about being able to handle the stress of like higher level problems and then like constantly gain to that. Very smart. Okay. Yeah. And
1: then most importantly, where do people connect with you? What all the social website, all that shit? Yeah,
0: yeah. Anybody can connect with me through uh, Instagram mainly at Luke Lintz. L-U-K-E-L-I-N-T-Z. L-U-K-E-L-I-N-T-Z. Uh, check out check us out on DSO. Check out DSO. I would do some research on that. Check out our NFT project, Fraternity Apes Party. I guess those links will probably be yeah, in the bio. Be, yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> got, I'll, I'll do anything you want to link. We'll do Fraternity yeah. Apes. We'll do all the social in the in the show notes. So cool, good. cool. I appreciate you having me on, yeah. man.
1: podcast listeners. That is a no risk free trial at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously, back up your stuff. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.